What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Comic-Con Podcast, and we are here for a special episode. You might even call it a Marvel Special Edition episode of Shang-Chi Movie Review. I'm here, as always, with my boy, Justin, a.k.a. Nemesis Prime. What up, buddy? What's going on, Zach? We both saw the good old Shang-Chi last night. We talked about it on the podcast. So we figured, you know what, instead of doing an episode where we include that, this one is perfect because if you haven't seen it yet or you have seen it and you want to know about our thoughts, it's great. And we bring in a great Kung Fu master, TiVo from Lords of the Longbox. What's going on? Why, thank you for having me on the Comic-Con podcast where my silky smooth stylings can be enhanced. And uh, <laughs> Even though I already got ready and I already did a video for this. But thanks for having me on, guys. I've been really... Uh, one of the most nervous and anticipated movies uh, that Marvel has come out with in a long, long time. And I'm, I'm ready yeah. to spoil the shit out of it, man. Awesome. Yeah, there's so a lot writing review. on this movie. So wait real quick. Tim, you did a review on Lords of the Longbox, and yours is a spoiler-free review. Spoiler-free. I, I didn't okay. spo- I, it's five minutes. Basically, I my reactions to it, and I kept it as spoiler-free as possible. That's probably going to go up today. Okay. And you've done two, uh, two viewings now. Two viewings. I saw it last night, right, literally right after our live show last night. I ran out, saw it at the AMC, and then I knew you guys were going to do a review. So I was like, man, I kind of invited myself on the show because I wanted to talk about it. So I made sure I went and see it again today. But then you guys said, hey, we're recording at this time. And I was like, well, I got tickets for like noon. So I went and saw the 10 a.m. showing, which is cool because it was a Dolby theater. Uh, both times theater was packed, which is awesome. It's good to see people back in the theaters yeah. and, you know, uh, just, you know, people enjoying movies together as a, as a village, you might say. Right. Nice. Yeah, so, man. I know you're, you're nervous about this movie and I think kind of all Marvel fans like, the, and I'm not just talking like the movie fans, but like the, the comic book fans are nervous about this one. This movie, there's a lot riding on this, you know, it's, it's actually like our first real phase four movie. You know what I mean? Black Widow is a prequel movie. It's the first thing that's happening that's new after Avengers Endgame and all that. Um, it's also, Justin and I were talking about this last night, uh, it's also the first origin movie we've had in a long time since Captain Marvel, which, you know, Captain Marvel is an origin movie, kind of took a hit. And I think a lot of that, whether you liked it or not, was based on when it came out. It came out after Infinity War. Everyone wanted to know, okay, we don't really care about Captain Marvel. What happened with Thanos and the snap? Then you had Captain Marvel. But this is like a first origin story movie we've had since what? Like Ant-Man? Probably Ant-Man yeah. was the last like yeah. real origin story movie. The last time I was nervous for, was Doctor Strange when it came out. I was like, yeah, man, yeah, just, just I too. really hope they nail it with Doctor Strange. Because why it was important that you need to nail it? Because it was the genre which Marvel was going into, right? Right. With the whole mm-hmm. sorcery thing and you know magic users. and Thank God they nailed the landing on Doctor Strange. Now... Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is the first time, it's a phase four film, and it's the first time they've really done what you would consider in a martial arts movie, which this, in its, in, at its bare bones, is a martial arts film. Uh, right. Different genres of martial arts, but it's definitely a martial arts film, and uh, and that was one of the things I was most nervous about, I was like, good lord, because, you know, I, I, I we can all agree it's Friday, uh, Finn Jones, uh, <laughs> Finn Jones is a curly haired fuck Friday, and how they shit the bed with the Finn Jones uh, casting and just mm-hmm. Iron Fist in general, right? Was he's supposed to be a martial arts hero character, yeah. and they didn't really pull it off. The fight scenes in this film are genuinely good, not just for a Marvel film, just not even an American film, 
just a film in general. Like if you think about the Raid Redemption, that's a different type of martial arts, but that was damn good as well. Uh, if you think about, you know, the, most of the Chinese films, this can incorporate a lot of that kind of Jackie Chan styles in the first half of the movie, right? The, right, the, the bus the, scene. The, bu- the bus scene and uh, the bamboo, uh, I don't know what they are, holding yeah. up the buildings. Right. Every Chinese film used to have some type of like bamboo fighting and jumping around. And all props goes to Brad Allen. Unfortunately, he passed away before the actual film came out, who was the um, stunt, stunt choreographer for Shang-Chi, who, were, who was the first non-Chinese to be on Jackie Chan's stunt team back in Hong Kong in the 90s. Wow. You, you wow. notice during the end credits, it says, in memory of Brad Allen. Yeah, yeah, I did notice. That. I wasn't sure who that was though. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, it was a it was really good. It's it's an important movie, and you mentioned it too as like moving on to a genre setting as like uh, like martial arts, kung fu type genre. But I'll even go a, a little bit further as well and say it's kind of like the first fantasy movie we've got in the MCU as well. I mean, you've got like the mystical, you have the space. This was a little bit more fantasy with like different realms and stuff like that. It wasn't. It wasn't realms, you know, in terms of the multiverse. I, it wasn't realms yeah. with like the rings. It's fantasy. I kept yeah. myself spoiler free in the third act blew my brain away. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. It it was a little, a lot of people claim it was too much CGI, but you kind of have to do that much CGI, you know, in I doing didn't, it. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah. No. I mean, Same the last thing. time I've seen a dragon that big flying around doing stuff was this horrible movie called Dragon Wars. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen it. Look it up. It was a movie. uh, It was like a Korean and half American made movie. But the end scene has these giant dragons fighting and they're Asian dragons, not like Game of Thrones, uh, which are typically what they would say medieval dragons. dragons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are Chinese dragons. And um, the whole solo eater thing was a little interesting, too. But I mean, the concept of the monster was almost like, hey, I just jumped into a kaiju film with this thing, giant uh creature right um right yeah uh, we'll get it we'll get into our thoughts on on what we thought of what was behind the door but yeah i I agree with you you know like i said to zach and i feel it was a great martial arts film it was a great like western film the fantasy aspect that they threw into it i mean once you got to that fantasy world i felt like looking at some of those creatures you were it was like pokemon some of those like the nine tails yeah you know nine tail demon is actually a Mm -hmm from Chinese lore the, and they had yep. multiple and normally it's a nine tailed demon is the Fox, but yeah. they showed that one. I think what they showed is uh, it's called a Kirin, which is the cake on that crazy horse that they show that jumped in front of them. Mm-hmm. And of course the food dogs, which are guardians of typical uh, of uh, mm-hmm. guardians of Buddhist temples and things of that nature coming to life. Yeah. I was like, even Chinese films don't even do it that well. I mean, just <laughs> that level was kind of crazy. And the thing that I was afraid I was not going to like was Aquafina. I, I don't, Really, I don't need a hater or don't know her lover, but mm-hmm. I thought her and Simu Lu had great on-screen chemistry. Uh, you know, if, if if you like her or hate her, you know what I mean. But for the most that's part, a, I think she she did her part. That's a good place to start because I know kind of Justin's opinion on this. And let's let's start with the characters. Let's start. With, let's kind of try to break this down in somewhat just without rambling, like we always typically do. But let's talk about characters, Justin. What do you think about the the cast here so for the movie? I, like Tim said, I think Simulu, like he's a perfect. He was perfect. He was perfect for Shang Chi. I think his father, his sister, his mother, his aunt, like all those characters, played their part extremely well. Uh, I'm sure, and you know, and a lot of the behind the scenes you saw. If you watched any of the behind the scenes, you saw a lot of the stunt coordination that they put in, a lot mm-hmm. of training that they put in for each, because every fight is a different style. Uh, like I said to you. 
Aquafina was absolutely terrible, and it sucks because <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's just unfortunately we're gonna have to deal with her now, right? Like that's what she's it like, is. like the Louise to Ant. The Louise, but yeah. not as funny. Uh, yeah, but, she's like the right. Darcy in like the Thor movies, and then. Yeah. You but know, more important, of... she almost seems more integral than those characters, you know, more entwined with him. Yeah, it's almost like it's a Batman Robin t- type duo. Those two. I'm, yeah, and I'm glad it didn't make her his romantic interest. Right. You can do you can have friends of the opposite sex and they don't have mm-hmm. to be romantically right. linked at, at all times. But um, yeah, she was probably like I. I didn't really care. I didn't care about her and Crazy Rich Asians or any of these other films that she's been in. Apparently, she was a rapper at one time. I don't know yeah. what the hell she's rapped about, but you know, for the most part, she she's she's the comic relief to the film. Uh, but uh, Simu Liu is just badass, dude. I mean, a lot of those stunts he did himself. And if you ever seen his mm-hmm. stunt reels, he's he's pretty. I mean, he's pretty athletic on what he's doing. And uh, shout out to what you were talking about the stunt team. That's the Marshall Club. Um, they're out here from Orange County. And uh, one of the main guys plays Death Dealer is Andy Lee. And mm-hmm. a lot of their team did all the stunts for all those guys, the fight scenes for the bad guys. It was their stunt yeah. team, which they just absolutely nailed it. I, you know, I agree. With, well, I think I kind of am a little not quite where Justin is and maybe in between Tim and Justin when it comes to Aquafina. Like, I wasn't really looking forward to her too much. I was like, oh, God, is this going to be too much? Yeah. Is it going to be over the top? And it wasn't as bad as I actually like thought it was. Um I think really my only complaint for the movie was kind of at the beginning and then kind of went on throughout the movie in a way where I thought the beginning after they get past the original, like the mom telling the story and it gets to Simu Lu and Aquafina as valets, that drug for a little while for me. And I was like, okay, God, this guy's kind of like not doing shit with his life. We know he's supposed to be a badass. Like, okay, let's move this story. And then I remember thinking on the scene when they're driving through the forest in the car, and Simu Lu, Shang-Chi is in the back seat. And I remember thinking in my head, wow, so this is a Shang-Chi movie? This guy, I feel like, is not getting as much screen time as a titular character usually would. And so I kind well, of, I, the supporting cast was a little too much for me, I thought. They needed to dial yeah. back the supporting cast, more Shang-Chi, in my opinion. So you, t- you told me that last night. So I watched it again today. And I say, and I think you are half correct and half incorrect in the way okay. I think. And there's... Not as much Simulu, but there is still a lot of Shang-Chi because we've seen him as a preteen, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, you the know, you know, so, right. So it's like a lot of the character, but, you know, Simulu obviously as an adult, you know, you know, it's, it, I mean, it really kind of, it's, it's a, I was, the second time watching, I got more emotionally involved too with the, like, you know, the scenes with him and his mom. His mom just is mm-hmm. a badass. She, the, crushed, by she crushed it. Yeah. yeah. Crushed it. Doing the style of like Tai Chi. Uh, Kung Fu that's very soft. And that's the thing that I pointed out on my trail on my trailer was in Chinese Asian culture, especially Vietnamese and Chinese, everything is either hard or soft. Everything is positive, negative. There's no, you know, yin and yang, right? The, the quintessential, mm-hmm. right? So yep. when you see how his mom defeats um, uh, his mother, or excuse me, how Shang-Chi's mom defeats the father, his father uses fists in a very right. hard style. She uses his uh, momentum against him to, be, to defeat him, basically the style of Tai Chi, which is what she's doing. And then later on in the film, we see Simu Lu kind of go back when uh, Michelle Yeoh teaches him and she attack, he attacks her with fists. She goes, no, open your fists, right? Way to into something fists if you think about Bruce Lee's teaching. Way to you know, keep your hands flowing and everything like that as opposed to just hard. That's what I caught the second time around. <clears throat> which I didn't really catch the first time around. I was like, wow, you know, it, it kind of made more sense. And typically second time through a viewing, I'm more tough on a film. 
I actually liked it better the second time I watched it. Okay. Because you're crazy. less anticipation. Like, it's just, you can just enjoy it. Like, True. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're literally just crin- you're cringing the whole time. You're, like, very tight when you're watching because you're like, I want this to be good. Especially you, who you're a huge fan of Shang-Chi. So I, I feel you on that. And the same thing, like you said, for Doctor Strange. You know, when a movie comes out, like, that I'm really looking forward to, I'm like, oh, my God, this has got to be good. This better be good. And then once I see it and I can watch it the second time, you kind of relax and sit back and really point out different things. That and you know when to go to the bathroom, too. You're like, all right, this is a dull moment. Let me throw yeah, exactly run, yeah. take a piss real quick. Yeah, the middle does have a it, it, but there's more storytelling toward the middle of the film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, so it does slow down just a little bit. But the build up to the third act, it it just goes from wild to insane to just absolutely bonkers than what the uh, the third act is. But I mean, the middle act is also, I guess, the introduction of, you know, his sister, who does a great job too, the, uh, that the character she plays, and, and so it's not surprising where she ends up when we, you know, when uh, when we eventually talk about the end credits, where she ends up, uh, right. where she is. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was interesting. Do you guys see the Street Fighter uh, kind of homage in the fight scene with the giant sumo wrestler? Oh, that was yeah, definitely Yanda. Honda, Honda, was his Honda oh, e, Yanda. E, e, e Honda. E Honda. Yeah, that was definitely E Honda. That was definitely a shout out to Street Fighter. Uh, which is cool is they also had like um, the posters in Shanti's room. They had a poster of Kung Fu Hustle, and they had a poster of uh, some other things that I that I know is the second time watching, which I didn't see the first time, which is pretty cool. In his room from uh, where he lives or where his in the where father's house. Okay, yeah, the there States. were some American yeah. posters. I, I, yeah, one of them was Kung Fu Hustle. Recall. If you've seen that, if you've seen that movie, yeah. which is awesome. Hmm. Um, what did you like the most, Justin, about the movie? Uh, the, I think the fact that it was literally a, it's a perfect movie. It really is like a perfect Marvel movie for me, minus, I think the comedy. I think the reason why I loved it so much is because of how much of my enjoyment of a background of, you know, martial arts that I enjoy watching Western films and anime and fighting films like that. I think this movie just opened this series up for Marvel completely. Uh, there's really nothing bad to speak about it and it's surprisingly me being a big dc guy you know we we really talked about this real quick last night i thought it was an amazing film i thought it was almost perfect uh for except for two reasons uh and those are the two cast members who i can't just stupidly was in there but yeah man i fucking loved it and i cannot i cannot believe like i'd say that about it shang chi i didn't think like i went in there with kind of like how tim said you know you kind of go in there with maybe low to mid expectations and you know you you know hope for the best but i could not believe like i even said to my wife i was just like i'm just going to go see this movie because i know everybody's going to be talking about this weekend but man i got out and i could not wait to talk about it like i was like yeah yo that movie was awesome like and then she asked me today because uh we were talking and she was like so you know how was it i was like oh my god it was awesome she's like wow she's like you said that it was not really going to be that great and i was like i didn't know what to expect so I, what about you, Tim? What was your uh, best thing? Um, it was easily the um, the martial arts. Obviously, I mean, the, 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 even the comedy wasn't it wasn't it wasn't overbearing. It wasn't like Ant Man where there was tons of tons of comedy to detract from it. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, the the the, the uh, I hate to quote Dom Tor- Torino or whatever do from Fast Five or uh, remember Dom Toretto. Don Toretto, it's all about family. Uh, But, you know, essentially it is, right? And, you know, at at second viewing, I had more empathy for the sister who felt 
you know, uh-huh. she felt like left behind by Shang-Chi and she left abandoned by her brother because any, and I can say this cause I'm, I'm Vietnamese and it's the same Vietnamese and Asian Chinese cultures are almost sim- are similar, very similar that it's always like, um, you know, you hear the stereotype, number one son, right? You always, they, the son always is the, it's a patriarchal f- uh, family structure where it's the son ends up taking care of his parents and so forth and so forth. That's why I'm in, and you know, it's good luck to have a first son uh, born in China or Vietnam when you're, when you have a kid, right? Um, right. There was to a point in China, I think they were selling like away daughters because they nobody wanted their daughter. That's how bad it, it got in China. So I can see, you know, how it was, but I saw some critics from, you know, the typical type of critics that, you know, that shit on certain things that always say it, it should be called Shang-Chi because there's so many females. And I was like, I don't know about that because I'm pretty sure Michelle Yeoh can kick your ass uh, right <laughs> now. And she's 55 years old. But um, I all of them played a key role into it because Tony Lung is the, the male figure in his life, shows the hard life. It shows in his training. He's supposed to be tough and stuff. The mother brings the sensitivity out to him, right? Uh-huh. Who shows him the heart. He literally says it in the subtitles, the heart of a dragon. And I'm thinking the whole time, fuck you, Scott Buck and Iron Fist, for not being able to do the heart of the dragon story properly. And Iron Fist did it. It's not even, you not even have to be a fan of the comic books because it does not follow any comic storyline whatsoever. It takes you know, it way oh, yeah. out there. So that kind of segues into what I, I, what my favorite part about the movie was is, there, like you just said, there was no story. Like I, I saw it with my wife. There was no story that it followed, you know, like from the comics. Like she goes, oh, is this what its story is like in the books or in the comics? And I'm like, no, not at all. Like there's no oh. Ten Rings. There's no, like this Mandarin's not even the real Mandarin. Like it's not anything like that. And I, I kind of like that. Like it really allowed Marvel to just say, hey, look, we got this character. He's a martial artist. Let's make up our story and let's go with it. I even loved it how at the end, you know, you get to uh, Tao Lo and you find out that, oh, behind the gate is this evil creature. And they're like, oh, it's the who dwells in the darkness or something. So I'm racking my brain like, oh, shit, who are they talking about? Who are they talking about? And I'm like, you know what? I don't think they're talking about anyone. I don't think this is a established yeah. character, which I really loved. I was like, cool. You can do whatever you want. Shang-Chi is a blank slate for the Marvel Universe to move forward with. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm crazy about um, the 10 rings going on. Like I kind of wanted those 10 rings to get destroyed because, you know, he doesn't have powers in the comics necessarily outside of like his martial arts um, they have powers, but they're not like, like, uh, right. They're not like cosmic, not like he turned infinity stones it's like, type. It's like chi and stuff like that, yeah. but it's not like, it's not. Yeah. I don't know if I'm crazy yeah. about that. We'll see how that goes down the line. I understand that you do got to give him something to play with the big boys. I mean, look at Hawkeye got, <laughs> dogged out all the time for just being a dude with a bow and arrow but i don't know i i like how it is a blank slate that there really is not much history or story with shang chi that can like bog us down moving forward yeah there, it's not like people are you know saying there's you know there's not a martha moment in shang chi comic you know what i'm saying there's not a moment right. there's not a, a uncle ben moment in a shang chi comic that you know I mean, for the most part, the breadth of his powers have been uh, he can multiply himself and go large at one point. I think in Secret Wars, right? right? In, in the Hickman run, that was it. But he's yeah, Heroes for Hire. As, I think he could do that Heroes for Hire as well. Yeah, I think he's always been known as one of the best hand-to-hand uh, combat artists. But, you know, it's as it as it, as it goes, Marvel, as the MCU goes, it kind of has, all right, well, we have these characters been around for a while. How do we fit them into what we're doing now? You know, because they, right. they explain this is after... 
uh, the blip, obviously, right? When they mm-hmm. talk about certain things, we didn't even talk about Ben Kingsley, who I thought I was going to annoy me, but uh, he was kind of funny. I <laughs> thought he, I almost, I almost texted Justin. Justin and I were watching it at the same time, and I almost texted him, like, yo, Ben Kingsley, Trevor Slattery for the win. I kind of wanted to say, like, I had the same thing. I actually liked him, I enjoyed his character. So I no, don't know. They, I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it that the man, you know, that his father explained, you know, the Mandarin, he explained that he's like, Oh, they, the Americans, they basically, you know, made him, uh, gave him a name of the Mandarin. He's like, organization. It's it's a chicken, you know, he's like, yeah, Yeah. orange chicken, Mandarin, orange chicken. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, how great like, is Tony wish... Leung, though? He's such a great actor, man. I oh, swear. Every, he everything he's in, he's such a great actor, man. Great cast. I mean, yeah. Asa, I want to talk to you. Um, you guys, have you guys ever seen uh, Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah, of course. That's like So the landlord, right? The the woman and the man? Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband was in uh, Shang-Chi. He was the uh, one of the he was master one of the masters at uh at the, oh, yeah, at the, the village. Uh, the guy that was teaching uh, was beside Aquafina with oh, the bow and yeah. arrow. Uh-huh. That's he was in Kung Fu Hustle, which is pretty yes. cool. Because I thought oh. I said I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, damn, that's yeah, that's going back. But yeah, I don't know. Liver Ben Kingsley was for me. It was I don't know. I think it was nice that they they brought it back to Iron Man three. But then to see him, I was just like, ah. Oh, and I feel like he just got too much screen time. I, I think he could have been left out, or they could have. I wouldn't have been upset with them just, leaving him in the cell. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I would have been fine with that, maybe. Right. Just as, but it was good they it. closed that door, you know, because it would have been. Yeah. It feels weird when they talk about the Mandarin and you don't actually like close that door. So I, I thought that was good. They wrapped that up. It's but yeah, they like, could have left him in the cell, dude. <laughs> easily. It's almost like they retconned the hand as well. Like the Ten Rings could easily be the hand, um, right? In mm-hmm. the Daredevil comics and the horrible version of the hand that we saw on the Netflix series with just a random group of people that weren't even dressed like ninjas that were, you know, but how they explain the 10 rings organization throughout the years or, you know, centuries they've toppled, you know, they've done assassinations, they've toppled organization or governments and all uh-huh. this of that nature. And really it's like he gave up everything for love and then he ended up paying for it. And then he got crazy again. I mean, that's yeah. why I mean the storytelling surprisingly, there is a story there. It's just more of an, a, it's more of a journey as opposed to a specific story that they they're telling. Like I, he is literally the prodigal son has returned. Dad wants him to do this. No, I want to do my mm-hmm. own thing. It's also the story of two kids who are from you know at least Aquafina is from the stereotypical Asian parents who were like are like why aren't you married yet? Uh, why aren't yeah. you a doctor or why aren't you a lawyer yet? I'm sure there's a lot of other families that know that probably feel that exact same way too. Like I you know uh, aren't you a little bit old? Why aren't you married? You know those kind of things. And and, and then you know and they and the scenes. <laughs> can we talk about the post credit scenes about? Um, because I think it draws directly into the Ten Rings itself, right? Yeah. Because oh yeah yeah. The, the end credit scene, which is a major reveal, uh, before the end credit scene, Wong shows up with this you know, teleporting thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he and he grabs him, uh, grabs Shang Chi and Katie, and he pulls them into, I assume, the sanctum, uh, and uh, and he says, "What's it in Katamaraj or wherever the hell that place was that the the Doctor Strange originally went?" Oh yeah, Katamaraj. Uh, yeah. And yeah, they bring out uh, the Hulk and Captain Marvel. Captain Hulk says, "You know, scientifically, I can't explain it." And he's, whole, said, and he's Bruce Banner, which I thought was Bruce very Banner, interesting. Yeah. We haven't seen him as Bruce Banner in a long time. Yeah. And they both can't explain it. And he's and then Wong says, when you use the Ten Rings, you basically showed up on our radar. Similar to when, remember, at, uh, in Endgame, where they go, yeah. we just sensed the use of the power, uh, all the Infinity Stones, and they, fe- they were able to find Thanos. Mm-hmm. 
They yeah. go, we, you know, we need to find out the origin. And it finds out one of the rings is pulsating a signal. It's like and a they beacon, say yeah. it's a, mm-hmm. a beacon. So that, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's interesting. I mean, because th- at the very beginning, they talk about how he acquired the Ten Rings. And it's a really quick blurb. They say yeah. in, a, in, a, in a crater or in a tomb, right? And right. that's yep. that's kind of linked into Fing Fang Foom and the, and the comics where the Mandarin got the rings originally. So if they go that route then i could see that sending a beacon to outer space on where the rings originally came from um and then obviously and and that's what i think possibly and then then the the credits actually say the 10 rings will return yeah yeah so i thought that was that was very telling to me actually like i was telling justin about that is at the end you know we're so used to saying captain america will return iron man will return the avengers will return this said the ten th- ten rings will return, which I was like, "What does that mean? Are we not which one we- though? Right, the the organization or the actual rings themselves? Right, yeah, and exactly. and are we we aren't guaranteed a Shang Chi two yet? Like they have not greenlit a sequel yet, so it's also kind of a question as to, well, are we getting another Shang Chi movie? Are we going to see the Ten Rings organization like in a Disney Plus? I could easily see that Ten Rings organization as a foil or an organization interacting with one of these Disney plus shows more so than I would mm-hmm. in like, you know, the theatrical films, but um, I don't know. I thought well, that I guess was we strange. have to talk about the second end credit scene then. Cause the second end credit scenes reveals that Shang-Chi's sister basically takes on the role of, mm-hmm. for lack of a better purpose, the leader of the 10 rings or the Mandarin. She's literally right. sitting in the, in the Mandarin's chair. We'll just call him the leader of the 10 rings mm-hmm. and it shows, all right, let's get back. Cause it kind of shows she's kind of been a, an independent go-getter. She started her own fight club for God's sake. She's, she's <clears> kind <throat> of ambiguous, right? She's uh-huh. chaotically neutral. You might say, right? She's not good nor evil, yeah. but she's. She even said her... she was going to build her own kingdom. Exactly. Remember? She's, her, she her wants to empire. build her own empire. So, I mean, so when, after that end credit scene, it kind of pulls out, it shows this cool temple on what the hand should have been. <laughs> damn it. Right. Uh, and then it says the 10 rings will, will return. So yeah. it can be literally the 10 rings. Yep. Or can be the Ten Rings the organization. organization. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see both. I mean, I, I, but it sounds like you know, Wong was telling Shang Chi, "Yo, you need to give up the rings." But we actually, we didn't. He kind of left there. We don't know if he kept the Ten Rings or not, right? We, I mean, we, we'll see. I yeah, because uh, then that kind of puts him like as like a god state where he could live forever, like his father did. But I, I don't see him using them. I maybe using them when the time's right, like for like a right avengers level threat not just if he gets a sequel he maybe not doesn't have them until they have like a big event type movie which could be yeah. you know years down let's the line. Fa- let's face it marvel films are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger as they go on and so your hand-to-hand combat is not going to be you know it's like the days right. of hawkeye and black widow are, are numbered you know you gotta have a pseudo armor or some power set or something but it was that's like what justin was saying or uh, zach was saying the the fantasy level that it takes at the end is just mm-hmm. i i beyond i didn't know they were going to go there with it to be honest with you because yeah, we they all we, that in the, the trailer yeah we all saw the dragon in the water but i did mm-hmm. not expect the dragon to be flying around eating up soul eaters and all this crazy <laughs> shit and it was the use of the ten rings was absolutely it's really cool the second time when I really paid attention to it. Like, literally, shoot him out. They return back. The last scene, Shang, she shoots down the Soul Eater, right? Mm. And it surrounds the Soul Eater's heart. And then he goes, almost like yeah. to engage all the Ten Rings to destroy the monster. Well, he was but in they, the air, like, moving them with his yes, body. It very, was like, that it was, was so awesome. Cool. And you could see him, like, moving underneath. Yeah. I also, also love the dude when yeah. he stepped on him. 
Like exactly. those scenes where that. he would like come back and he would like walk on him. It was like a la like Dr. almost Strange. Like, yeah. Dr. Strange. Yeah. Dr. Strange. I was like, dude, that's fucking dope, that's man. I really the love leaping, that. The leaping boots of something. There's a spell that Dr. Strange does yeah. that. And remember the first one, uh, Baron Mordo actually has him, right? Yeah. And he's Dr. Like on the platforms. Yeah, but Dr. Yeah. Strange uses that. And they use the rings because we always thought like, remember before we actually saw the first trailer for the 10 rings, we thought they were 10 rings on your fingers when nobody ever thought about 10 bands with our yeah. essentially right. rings bracelets. And the, yeah. And then if you notice the, also the different, the co- different color power that Shang-Chi and his mother has compared to the power color that, uh, his father has, which is blue. Mm-hmm. And then when he uses it, it's like an almost orange yellow hue because yes. he's both his uh, Michelle. Yo says it in the trailer. You're both your mother and your father, but you also have the heart of the dragon. So that he gets his power from that that village of Zalo. So I don't know if he would have that same power set as soon as he leaves the village. Because remember, when his mom gets killed, right before she gets killed, little Shang-Chi tells her, but you don't have your power anymore. Because remember, when she left the village, she looks back almost like she's leaving a, a, a part of herself, that her, part mm-hmm. of her power is tied to that area of, that, of where the guardians are, where they all the weapons are made out of, they say, yeah. dragon scale. So I'm mm-hmm. telling you guys, see it a second time, you pick up so much more. I mean, there's so many different layers to it. I'll probably oh. go see it again, because at first I told my girlfriend, you're not going to join. I said, no, I'm taking you. You're going to go see it. <laughs> yeah, and no, I like the, like you said, the fighting style for the rings. You know, there's a lot of times where you just see them use it just to kind of levitate or jump. Yeah. But even the times where Shang-Chi and his father are fighting at the end and Shang-Chi kind of has that bow staff, that dragon bow staff. And, he yeah. hit, you know, he shoots one at a time and just Shang-Chi just kind of hits him back. Like, it's it's very coordinated. It's mm-hmm. yeah. definitely something that you really need to pay attention to. It's not just here's all five off the left hand. Here's all five off the right arm. You know, it's not just like that. It's individually using them and even like his father when they're by the uh by the big gate you know he like sends five of them into the ground and they go almost like an earthquake to him yeah so no at one point he puts 10 of them on one hand yeah and power punches yeah yeah that was crazy and i also think this if you watch it a second time around shang chi uses the same power his mother uses to corral the rings around him she Mm. does it when they first meet in that kind of really kind of trippy you know kind of overly sappy romantic scene where she pushes him around they get yeah. their eyes gaze and they fall in love whatever i, I allow myself to just I, you know what i'll just be consumed by this little fantasy it was an awesome man. scene i like that scene i know but it was very you know it's very uh, cheesy but i i get i gobble up the cheese with nachos let's put it that way but she uses her power and you could tell when when she fights i wish we were doing video i could show you guys but the, the tai chi that she does is basically corrals the rings and he's able to to kind of control them as opposed to when the tony lung's character uses them it's more about brute force whereas right. as opposed to when she uses them it's all about it's like a balance it's always like a balance of like a hard and soft and it was uh it was, it was i was actually more emotionally involved the second time i got more involved with the character storylines i was the first time around i was like well, i was more worried about the fighting and choreography second time more story about him and his mom and his sister and everything overall you know i i i, I it's one of the better definitely one of the best mcu solo films uh ever mm-hmm. yeah. without at least the origin films ever you know and, and right. it's kind of unfair to pit a movie that, you know from 20 years, 10 years ago from now, whether it can advance the storytelling and uh, the, you know, the CGI and everything, but uh, of course you just got to kind of take it individually. Yeah. 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 
I mean, Iron Man 1 is obviously everybody's favorite origin story. This is right up there with Iron Man 1, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Real quick, back to the the whatever the the demon behind the the, the behind the dweller in the, the, the dweller in the darkness the dweller in the dark and uh so i said this to zach and i almost texted him did you think it was mephisto at any point <laughs> <laughs> maybe when it was just like oh he's like i hear my wife and he's like no you don't and I, I immediately What's interesting, thought, he's like, oh, not the first goes. person that's happened to, though. I wonder exactly, who else it's yeah. happened to, right? Like, uh, we haven't even talked about that crazy scene where, well, Aquafina does serve a purpose, I guess, because she, she shows us she can drive, right? And that when they when they go joyriding in the in the BMW when they're valets, in the maze, yeah, yeah. So when they go through this crazy maze, when I when I watched a second time, I was like, I was kind of amazed at the way they filmed it. I was like, that is really that was really well done. Well, kudos to the special effects crew. I met. Uh, Great. I mean, it was everything I had hoped for, man. I was uh, hoping mm-hmm. just for a great martial arts film. Now, end up being like a great fantasy martial arts film. It put us, they have a lot to live up to if if they if it's not when, but if they do a sequel. Uh, maybe Agents mm-hmm. of Atlas. Maybe go that route. Yeah, we'd like to see that. So yeah, a little correction here. I was kind of falling down the rabbit hole while you guys were talking as well. Apparently there is a character, the Dweller in Darkness, a fictional character who appears. He's one of the is a demon, one of the fear lords who's clashed with Doctor Strange. First mentioned Thor 229, first shows up Doctor Strange 30. Um, obviously, this is kind of like a different take on this character. But um, aren't there characters called Soul Eaters, too, in the comics? I, I, I would think so. I haven't read a lot of Shang-Chi, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. No, um, I, don't, I don't think they're part of Shang-Chi more, lore is what I'm saying. But I, um, let me see Marvel. But yeah, yeah so. Think Soul Leaders, is, that's like a common name for any right, anime, yeah. anything, martial artists, something like that. But it's yeah. definitely, like, I thought it was a good, it's a good villain because you didn't want to take away from Win Wu being like the main villain, which also is like, I mean, we talked about how great he, Tony Leung, Tony Leung, is that how you say his name? Yeah, Tony Lung. Tony Lung is in so great. And honestly, like, there's moments where you get him, like, you understand him. You know, he's uh-huh. like, yeah, okay, you're not totally a bad guy here. And you get what you're doing. You get what he's doing. Um, I thought he portrayed it perfectly. Family. So, it's just I, you like know, Don Toretto, he's doing right. it for family. Well, not, for, not the entire family. Only just get his wife back. <laughs> but <laughs> for a while, he's like, you know what? I got to kill my kids to get to my wife back. I, I'm going to do it. So I just right. looked up Soul Eaters. They're, the Krill was a member of an alien race called the Dionysus, and they're also called Soul Eaters from Thor 261. Huh. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, they always loosely base it something on somewhere. Right. Like, it was one of the gnarliest designs of a creature that I'd seen on the big screen as as far as scale of size of uh, kaiju size of it it was pretty i mean the the dragon was badass but the actual i you know little soul eaters are coming out i was like ah, that's kind of goofy and then i saw this giant thing i was like holy shit they really went yeah. there wow that's like they went balls to the wall with this thing all right i can dig it you know the way they killed him i was like that's cool you know spoil the shit out of it but but uh yeah you gotta have your hero moment and no superhero landing when he lands you notice that for shanchi <laughs> when he after he kills the beast he doesn't land like a regular dude. It's like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't do the Black Widow whole uh, superhero landing thing. So um, let's, what do you say we round this out with, um, let's talk about, briefly talk about our theories on what that in credit scene was with Wong and them, like what implications are for Shang-Chi and then finish with a CGC graded scale on the movie. We'll round it out. All right. So our guests, why don't you go first? 
Um, it's hard to say. What's interesting is who's not in that scene. Where's Doctor Strange, right? Well, um, you mm-hmm. know, obviously, um, we'll see what happens to Doctor Strange after uh, Far From Home. Um, but it, it, you know, a lot of times, some of the times, these things don't lead anywhere, but sometimes they lead to somewhere. So, you know, um, I think he's... I think Wong is pretty much inviting him into the Avengers. What level of Avengers are left after uh, all this is is set to be seen. But, you know, uh, his days of valet parking are over, I think. You know what I mean? So uh, I'd love to see more of the mythos of uh, the the village. I almost want to call it Kunlun. It almost sounds like right. Michelle Yeoh says that they're from another dimension when she was talking about mm-hmm. how... They bridge different realities, so there's like a whole rich, rich story they can go with there. But uh, I was thoroughly impressed, man. I'm gonna give it a CGC nine point six. The only reason I don't give it a nine eight is I thought the CGI was a little too heavy handed at the end. But otherwise than that, it's, uh, it was a great film. All right, cool. Uh, for myself, I think that end credit scene. I-, I feel like it could lead into something with the Eternals. Um, you know, they they talk about a beacon. Could it be the Celestials? that somehow created that a very long time ago. Cause we do know that the Eternals, all, all the characters have their own special powers. Is this something that they had and lost for the time? And, you know, cause they, you know, like you said, uh, Tim, they, he either got it at a crater or found it in a tomb. Maybe it was, it fell to earth when the Eternals came and they lost it. Um, as far as the CGC rating, you know, after my first viewing, uh, again, I think as a Marvel movie, it was absolutely perfect. You know, would give it a CGC 9.8, but Aquafina and Ben Kingsley <laughs> and the comedy to me just takes it down to like a 9.2 right now. It just, it, I, I told, I told Zach last night, I almost walked out 15 minutes into the movie when they were at Aquafina's Katie's house and they were going, the, the banter that was back and forth with the mother and the brother and, and the grandmother. I was just like sweating. I was getting like douche chills, sweating. Like this is really what we're gonna do right here. And but other than that, I, I again, I think this movie was freaking awesome. And I'm pissed that I didn't buy Marvel Special Edition 15s when they were on the cheap because two of them. Ooh, I got two of them. Yeah. Left. So okay, so my theory, I, I don't really have a concrete one. I liked um, what Tim said about. You know the connection, obviously, with the uh, the crater and the idea that maybe this came on like some kind of a meteor or an asteroid or something like that, and maybe it's a beacon out in space. Um, I like that idea, especially since it's it's obviously some kind of special material, and it's got to be someone who can track something like that beacon wise. Um, so I don't know. I, like I'm I'm intrigued by that. I don't really have a good idea on that. Um, I did kind of like how it was like how you had Wong. And uh, Bruce Banner talking to Shang-Chi and kind of both telling the character and the actor, welcome to your life changing. I thought that was very telling, like for the Marvel movies. And they they say it Mm -hmm. as like in the roles and the character, but it's very much as the actors as well. Like they tell him like, you're ready, like be ready to join a wild ride. Your life's going to change from here. And I think that's the truth for Simu Liu and and possibly Aquafina as well. So I thought I kind of really enjoyed that conversation because of like the real life implications that came with that, that uh, Mm. little exchange Um, in terms of rate uh, rating it. I kind of, I was thinking I wanted to split the difference between you, but you know what? Like, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with 9.7. You can go (laughs) 9.7. I was going to go maybe nine, four, but I'm actually, I'm thinking, and I don't have like a lot of negatives, but I think I'm going to go a nine. Oh, um, I just, I really wanted less 
of the supporting cast. I wanted their roles to be smaller. Um, and maybe I need a second watch through for it to change my opinion on that. I wanted more Shang-Chi, more Simu Liu operating. I would have loved scenes where he was solo operating by himself without his foils and stuff like that. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like with this character, you need to establish him by himself as well so he can operate on his own it's a character no one knows about second time you'll notice there's there's more shang chi than you think but there's yeah. not as much simu lu as you think like there's a lot of the young yeah. shang chi and teenage shang chi as opposed well, to uh, and i yeah I, I hear what you're saying I, I think i just wanted more um as an adult though like more of him kind of coming his i don't know like his his plot points as he moved through kind of bugged me a little bit. Like all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm a valet. I don't care. Oh, hey, this sister I left six years ago. Let me check her out. Oh, okay. Now I'm moving here. Now I'm there. And then, oh, I'm going to kill my dad. And then, oh, wait, I'm not going to kill my dad. Like I felt like no one of all those were very poignant like points in his life, but I didn't feel like they drove them home. It was like they yeah, nailed in half the, movie, the hammer and they didn't put they didn't fucking put it all the way through. So the movie could have could have been thirty minutes longer. And I rarely say that about any film. You know what I yeah, mean? I it, really they scratched the just, surface, but they didn't yeah. drive the point home in like in a really like big scene. I guess that's what I was missing yeah. was some like climactic big scene like that. This so. movie is a very fast two hours too. Like uh yeah. you know. Dude, even though yeah. the middle drags a little bit, it's a very short drag. You know what I'm saying? It goes then the final act happens and it just like it just explodes and you're just like what just happened did i just miss two hours of my life really like two and a half hours you could flesh out those stories more so i think but also being a, or a lot of times i think when we watch let's say we watch a netflix show right it's eight episodes and we already give it a grade after the first episode like you know like you, you know if you think of marvel films yes and let me grade it i got my origin film then i got my main story film and then i got my third film you know iron man is probably the only one that really kind of didn't do that well right where if you think about right. thor first one good second one panned on third one people love and then there's going to be a fourth one and you know so it's kind of like now we got the st- character established Let's let him pop in some movies here and there, and then he'll make a second movie, and then go from there. So, but I like how it left the the um, the end credits was vague to what the rings are or were or oh. what they were doing. So, kind of right. gives us some anticipation. Right. Well, awesome, well, man. Um, oh, sorry, Justin, go ahead. Oh no, I was just kind of kind of rounded out. So, you know, again, for any for anybody out there listening, this is. You know, we we appreciate everyone listening. You know, we're going to be dropping this. Of course, you know, you'll be listening to this on Wednesday morning. Um, we appreciate Tim coming on here and doing his spoiler review since he already dropped his spoiler free review on Lords of Longbox. But I haven't even I, I guess, haven't even posted it yet. It's about to go up. Yeah. So yeah. You know, don't for forget to vote for Comic Con podcast on the Comic Book Awards. <laughs> we already yeah. discussed that. Yeah. We if you listen <laughs> know, to watching this anybody listen to. It. Um, so before we head out, of course. You know, I'm sure everybody knows of you and everybody who doesn't know of you, you know, just tell people where they can find you on all your social media. Ugh. Lords of Longbox. I'm on YouTube more than I want to be, but I'm there. Every Tuesdays, Thursdays, and now Sundays too. Cover price top ten. Long term spec list. Uh yeah. So yeah, I haven't even eaten lunch yet. That's what how early my day has been, so I'm exhausted. <laughs> but I always appreciate Zach and Justin for coming to Comic Con podcast. I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. expecting to show up on the big anniversary show when uh, Zach spill, uh, spills the tea. Uh, <laughs> so I want to be there for that. But I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. If you guys are hesitant about seeing Shang-Chi in the theaters, uh, don't hesitate. If nope. you need to see it in an empty theater by yourself, it's 9 in the morning, go out and see it. It's, it's yeah. best to be consumed you on the see big it in screen. A theater. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that's cool it for everyone here at the Comic Con podcast. We appreciate everyone giving this Shang Chi review a listen, and I'll catch everyone next week. Peace out. Later.